Hey, I'm Claire. Hey, I'm Elena. And welcome to num- episode number one of Making Sense of Movies with Claire and Elena. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a movie genre or a subject each episode. And then we're going to break down five movies every single episode. Um, but today we're going to be talking, Shai, do you want to... Yeah, we- so today we're going to be talking about romance movies. Yes. Everyone's favorite genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might not be romance in our lives, but you but know, there are, there there are the on the screen. For sure, for sure. Who cares about romance in our own lives? We can just watch movies all day. Exactly. That's how we get our... Okay, so so these top five are not ranked. They're just five great movies in general. But we're going to start off with Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. directed by John Crowley. One of my favorite films of all time. Mm -hmm. Came out in 2015. Yeah, so if you don't know, it's basically the story... I forgot what's your character's name. Um, Elise. Eilish? Saoirse Ronan plays an Irish immigrant into New York, Brooklyn. She's really good. She's amazing. And basically, it's about her kind of coming of age in this new city. And she meets a lovely man Mm -hmm. um, named, I think his name's Tony. Yeah, his name's Tony. And it's also very complicated because there's also another man named Jim, played by Don Hill Gleason, who's back in Ireland. So I personally, I love Don Hill Gleason in this. So it was really hard for me because I was like, oh, they're both such good guys, and I just don't know who would be best for her. I'm smiling just thinking about her and Tony. They're my favorite couple. Um, yeah, so that's what this whole movie basically follows, and the reason we picked it as our one of our favorite romance novels is because I just, anytime I watch it, I just automatically smile because you can, the performances are great. You can see how in love they are, and oh, I want that. <laughs> they're just so cute. and are so cute. I also love how, in addition to being a romance story, it's also just a good story about transitioning to a new place yeah. and how people in your life can help you with that transition yeah like she she starts out like very homesick and very kind of shy and timid and she like gets a job and goes to school and but also like you know falls more and more in love not only with the man but with like the city itself mm-hmm. and it's not just like her growth isn't just connected to a man it's connected to kind of everything else too like it's her own personal growth mm-hmm. which I really like too because a lot of romances it's centered around kind of the guy and girl and usually the guy is the one that's growing and the girl is kind of just on the side and it's a little bit of a reversal here like mm-hmm. she grows he kind of grows too but he's also just cute he's like also he's just there cute. and they dance together yeah, and that's uh, super cute oh my god when they first meet and he's all like he's like <laughs> oh like i'm not irish and she's like oh really like couldn't tell he's like he's like i just like irish girls and he was just so earnest yeah. oh, that's what i love about it he's so earnest like he just clearly loves her yeah and the, going back to the italian thing there's that one scene where he's like oh do you like italian food and she's like oh i've never tried italian food but i don't know they're just like the dynamic between them is just so good yeah. it's just so yeah. wholesome which in some of these movies that we're choosing particularly one of them not too wholesome i won't say which one but you'll know <laughs> <laughs> not not stay a, tuned yeah plug for later but this is a not a toxic relationship no very healthy (laughs) i love it Mm -hmm. yeah i just yeah who's the actor that plays tony it is um emory cohen emory cohen what i don't know he's in the oa also a great tv show another time another time emory cohen yeah he's so cute in this movie he's kind of ugly in real life (laughs) So sorry. He's really not though. I think it's just bad pictures. Oh, in this movie is Tony. He's adorable. Like yeah, I date him. He's cute as Tony. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> no one else. You be the judge. Google Emery Cohen. Emery Cohen. Cohen. Oh, God. Do you think thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh my god, the thing on his IMDb page is Trailer 4 Brooklyn. Yeah, the only good thing he's actually now... Stop it! <laughs> you have to watch... Okay, we're, we're digressing. The LA is a great TV show, Rip. It's not on anymore. Mm-hmm. Netflix canceled it. Still very upset over that. I don't recognize anything else he's been in. Uh, besides the LA, but I haven't seen that. Um, yeah, he hasn't been anything else I've particularly seen. He's good in this, though. He's good in this, Yeah, though. I love him. Digress. He's good in this. We, we, Claire might not like him, but we love him in Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. That's the ending. If you, if you were in Brooklyn, are you choosing Tony over Yes! Dom? I, I have not even mentioned Donald <laughs> Gleason's character. That's my worst part of the oh. movie, when she goes back, and she's, like, torn between Donald Gleason, and I'm like, you have a perfectly lovely American, Italian-American boyfriend at home. I just think he's nice too. Which but he's not nice. I like I understand why. Like mm-hmm. she goes back to Ireland, like supposed to show that she's you know, she's changed and she's no longer like that young girl that was in Ireland. And like I love that portion of it. And like and it's also just like that she could still have a life, but not it's not like the life she wants. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool, cool, but also like remember that Italian American boyfriend you have. Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> I did not forget him. The ending scene where, like, he doesn't know if she's, so, like, she goes back for, should we do spoilers in this? Yeah. The movie's been yeah, out for a while. Yeah. I hope you've seen it. Yeah. Um, her sister dies, so she goes back for the funeral, and she stays to help out the mother, and she kind of just, like, tells her boyfriend, um, Tony, like, I don't know if I'll be back, and he's just kind of like, okay, like, I'm gonna let you go, like, I love you, and then at the end, like, she comes back and she finds him and he's so happy and they have this gorgeous like lovely shot hug mm-hmm. that ends the whole movie and I'm like true love does exist. Yeah, I love that part and I love that it's they're so sensual, but they don't have to like explicit, explicitly show them having sex or anything. Yeah, I like you, that too. You, they have in a lot of romance just like a lot of kissing, but you don't necessarily have to be kissing all the time and be all over each other yeah. to show that you love one another. And I think that just shows what good writing it is in Brooklyn though. Like yeah. we can all tell that like, oh yeah, these two were obviously in love. Yeah, they were they're truly my MVP. There's mm. a, another couple on here that is also MVP. Oh, so it's written by it's based off a novel by Colm so I don't know if that's his name, Toybin. Mm-hmm. Um but it's written by Nick Hornby, who's written like novels and other screenplays. So mm. definitely well written. Mm-hmm. So overall good film. Mm-hmm. We loved it. Top five romance novels, not novels, films. <laughs> Actually, a few of these on here are novels. So this one's based this off. This one's. Oh, you're right. Yeah, put them all based off novels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our next one is. Bright star. Bright star. Bright star. Uh, okay, and I had not seen this before. I, I have. And, and Elena was like, Claire, like you gotta watch this, and I did, and I'm very upset because. So if you know, doesn't end well. I mean, ends well, but it doesn't, doesn't end, end well. halfway. So if you don't know what Bright Star is about, basically it's about the romance between John Keats and Fanny, what's her name? Should know this. Um, it's also a musical, so don't get confused with that. It is not the musical, it is a movie. So it's by uh, Fanny Braun. So it's their romance in the 19th century. It's directed by Jane Campin and also written by her, which is pretty cool. So I think of the list, she's our only female yeah. director and maybe not writer, but definitely director. Mm-hmm. I freaking love this film. I saw it by accident. I was just like on Netflix 
And I was in like my watching Paddington and I was like really into Ben Wishaw. And I was like, oh, this movie sounds cute. Watched the entire thing and was like, this is amazing. I love every yeah. minute of it. Yeah, no, really good romance between the two. And just what I love is from the beginning, it, even though it's a period piece, it's a very modern romance, I feel like, because yeah. the way they just act, especially Fanny in the beginning, it's all the action she does is very much like you would do in a classroom to your crush, like staring yeah, yeah, across staring. the room when he's not looking. Or like getting into his interests. Yeah. Yeah, but Fanny's also, like, a great character to follow. Mm-hmm. Like, she is a seamstress. She mm-hmm. makes her own money. She, like, makes fun of him and his friend's poetry. <laughs> if you don't know, John Keats is a poet. Um, and he, the reason he's, I think his most famous stuff is his letters to Fanny Braun. So that's what this movie kind of has the context around those letters, which are so beautiful and, like, lovely. Yeah, I haven't read any of the letters before, but it does make me want to go back and read the letters between the two of them. Yeah, one of my favorite things is that I just remember watching it and like different to Brooklyn is that their chemistry together is incredible. Like they, you can tell they both like each other and they just need to talk to each other. Like they don't need to be doing anything else. And maybe it's also like the period piece kind of um, atmosphere that's like, okay, they aren't necessarily going to be touching and kissing a lot. Like that's mm-hmm. just how it is. But I just love them together and I love like their interactions and like their flirting and yeah with some good flirting some good good flirting some in this movie uh period piece flirting like, honestly like if a guy flirted with me the way he did with her like come mm-hmm. on take some notes yeah i enjoyed that <laughs> and what you're saying you said atmosphere and just the atmosphere throughout the whole movie is really good because yeah i love the, the, the color tone and yeah the, the cinematography it's all, it's all so gentle I think. yeah that's what i really like about the movie mm-hmm. everything is like their first kiss is hands down I told Claire that's when before she watched it one of my favorite first kisses of all time and it's very similar to one of our other first kiss um in one of these films but they did it first (laughs) so um yeah everything's just I love how gentle I think that's my favorite thing is that they're very cognizant of each other and each other's boundaries yeah and they want to kind of um you know cherish every moment they have together Mm -hmm. You remember the one scene where she's got her hand out and he like caresses her hand? Do you what remember is that? that? I, they were at the dinner table together. Oh, was that during Christmas? Yeah, it was during the Christmas. Oh my god, scene. yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, and the that brother is just packing away <laughs> his violin. Yeah, that's the point. Being like, um, okay. Yeah. Like after that part, it's like, oh, you know this is real. You know this is gonna happen. Yeah. Oh my god, he gets all jealous yeah. from that other guy. What's, what's the other poet's name? Oh, I don't know. He was a jerk. He was a dick. Yeah. Um, don't be that other poet. Be John Keats. Um, yeah. <laughs> Always be John Keats. Always be John Keats. But don't die early. <laughs> spoiler yeah, so alert. Spoiler alert. Don't he dies. Don't die of an illness because you don't walk, because you're in the winter with, without a coat. Yeah, he has 19th century medicine, man. Yeah. They don't really get yeah. it. It was also sad his brother dies, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sad news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just love this film. The costumes are also great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the costumes so are So Fanny, she sews all her own costumes. Her costumes are pretty, like, extravagant compared to everyone else. Like, she's using so much color. And everyone else is just, like, muted tones, which I really like because it kind of makes her stand out. Was this nominated for anything when it came so. out? Because I feel like it should have been nominated for costumes, probably. Scroll up. We're on IMDb right now. Um, mm, yeah, it's oh, not made for an Oscar. Oh, one Oscar. Okay. 
Oh yeah, costume yeah, costume design. design. That's right. what I thought. It was, out, they were really out. well, yeah. well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. I'm surprised more people don't know about this movie, honestly. Yeah, Claire did not know it when I yeah. said it. None of my sisters heard about it. It was mm-hmm. on Netflix. Like I figured, like some someone knows about it. I know. Please but... watch it and comment. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk about this movie with someone else who has actually seen it. Okay, but the ending, guys. It was so sad. She I wears was, black I the was, rest of her life. I was devastated. I was like, this can't this can't end the way I think it's going to end. And I was texting Elena and I was like, he better not die. Like, Elena, don't die. Yeah, I thought die. I thought Claire knew about John Keith. Apparently she didn't. Okay. I, I, I didn't know either watching the movie. Like I didn't I like when I when she reads some of his letters out loud for the audience, I'm like, oh, like these kind of sound familiar. And then I was like, don't really remember who this is. And I like looked up John Keats after and I was like, oh, oh, now it all makes sense. I don't want to seem like a complete idiot in episode one, but I did not know this was based on a true story. I didn't know going into it. Yeah. I knew like after when I was like obsessed and I was like, okay, now I need to know everything about that. No, I didn't know until you told me. <laughs> also, I feel like this movie as well has great lines about love in general. Yeah. I wish I'm going to find some quotes, but like. So great. He just really loves her, man. Yeah. And Ben Wishaw, he's just he kills he's, it in everything. He does. He's a, he's a pretty he's a pretty great yeah. actor. He's got got like a really good range from like you said he's in Paddington to like James Bond. Yeah, Paddington. We can talk about that movie another time. Such a great. <laughs> and Mary Poppins, even though I didn't see the new Mary Poppins movie. I didn't see that either. Um. Okay, so should we move on to our next All right. movie? Next is Call Me By Your Name. The, the Timothy Chalamet stands are with us t- tonight. I would hope so. I would hope so. So if you have not heard of Call Me By Your Name, I don't know. It's hard it, not to. It's hard not, it's to. Hard not to. It honestly. came out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for Best Picture. Yes, uh, Best Actor, Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, won for Best Screenplay by James Ivory. Very, very well done. Very well done. Very well James Ivory, if you don't know, also did Maurice, which is another, like, great gay period piece. Um, so this one is set in s- somewhere in Italy in the <laughs> 1980s, early 1980s, and it oh, follows... The, the summer of 1983. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Excuse me. And it basically follows um, this, like, 17-year-old kid as he falls, like, the summer as he falls in love with basically this grad student who is staying at his parents' house. And the, despite the age gap, which at first is, like, a bit jarring, they do have a great love story. Yeah. It's a very slow burn. Oh, it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Would we say slower than Bright Star? Yeah. Oh, absolutely slower than Bright Star. Because I feel like... I don't think they kiss until, like, an hour into the movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't. And Call Me By Your Name, it's two hours and 12 minutes long. It's a long movie. I yeah. do admit. A little bit too long, in my own opinion. But yeah. I also think every movie is too long. Oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, because Bright Star is only one hour and fifty nine minutes. Actually, that's not that's too not, much. That's, that's not, not a big difference. Yeah. Um. So when I said before, kiss scenes are very similar to Bright Star. If you have not seen Bright Star and Call Me by Your Name, they both have their first kiss kind of in this like grassy area, this like secluded, isolated area. Um, Bright Star, it's a bit more gentle. Call Me by mm-hmm. Your Name, it's a bit more intense. And they're a little. Um, he's a little handsy. Aggressive, a little aggressive. He's, like, he's, uh, he's a little handsy. Yeah, yeah. For um, sure. But I actually, I listened to the audiobook before watching this, and 
I highly suggest you read the novel if you haven't. It's really well done. Um, the author, Andre Ackleman, is really great. He's writing a sequel. I wrote a sequel. It's coming out at some point in, so, I don't know, some point in life. Um, but yeah, what did, we, what did we like about this movie, Claire? Well, I was actually going to ask you, how do you think the book is different from the movie? Like, how do you think their romance was adapted? Do you think it was adapted well to the screen? It's been a while. I listened to it like two years ago. Um, I think it was definitely a really good adaptation. There's a, a big chunk of it that goes missing in... When they go to Rome, it's a bit different the way they do it in the novel versus what they do in um, in the movie, but also, like, the ending's a little different. Mm-hmm. I think the ending in the movie, he, like, he gets that phone call and Oliver, spoiler, is getting married. Um, in the book, they actually fast forward 15 years. So if you ever heard of those rumors of, like, oh, Connor name's getting a sequel, that's kind of what they want to base it off of, which is that flash forward from 15 years and uh, Elio basically goes to visit um, Oliver. And basically, and the whole book is told in Elio's point of view and really in his head, and he kind of realizes that Oliver loved him just as much as Elio loved Oliver. And that was also, like, a really great scene. Um, just like little things, but I feel like overall it was a good adaptation. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, there were just so many great parts. I I love Army Hammer in this. I, Army Hammer, but, I have to admit, has not done well movie wise. That's true. Yeah. Over like the last ten years, he's definitely been building up. But this, I feel like, was the beginning of him kind of being like, I'm. I do pick good movies. <laughs> like, don't don't at me. <laughs> Like, I love the one scene where he's dancing. I forget what song it's to, but... Oh, yeah. It was just such a pretty scene. It was so colorful. And just the whole movie, it's very beautiful. It's very... It's very, um... Very kind of nature-oriented. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, shots of them just, like, casually riding bikes in fields. And their first kiss takes place by, like, Monet's, um... Supposed place where he would paint. Like, art and nature is very much woven into this, um into this movie, which I which I actually enjoyed. I thought it, it's definitely, like, a slow burn. Like, nothing, I feel like, happens. It's one of these movies where not much truly happens in the grand scheme of, like, their lives, but it's a very, like, particular moment. It's Yeah, it's more just, like, the tone of it. Yeah. And, um, oh, gosh, and the ending with the credits rolling and um, is Elio, is that oh, how I pronounce Yeah, it? have you He's seen just, Are You, oh, not Are You the One, um, Trisha, have you seen the other two? No. So other two, this is a tangent, but it's a comedy <laughs> on Comedy Central, like a 30-minute, and in one of the episodes, they recreate that. It was, oh, and like, God. I literally was not expecting yeah. it, and it's so funny. Oh. He's, like, crying, and this, yeah. his, like, sister's in the background. The mom's like, what is he doing? And she's like, oh, he's doing the comedy by your name thing. And I was like, oh, so it's, like, officially known yeah. now. It's just, like, the thing I love about that ending is it feels so personal. And there's some moments in film where, even though the camera's there, it's just, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. It's just so personal. It's just, like, I need to leave. Yeah, I remember seeing it in the, I saw this in the theater. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember just being, like, I'm, like, uh, at that point, it was, like, winter. So I'm, like, when uh, when is this movie going to end? (laughs) I was, like, I was, like, 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 everything that happened happened. Um, And then... I was like, and they had that scene, and I was like, oh, I understand why they waited a little yeah. bit. Like, that was definitely mm-hmm. a moment where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that crying scene went on for, like, a long time, like but it was minutes. very necessary. The songs, too, have to admit, this is one of my favorite, like, soundtracks. I listen to it when I study. Mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name soundtrack, very great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, good movie, good movie. I feel like we can't do this movie without mentioning Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, I was pulling it up, but I didn't know how to pronounce his last name. But he was just killing it the year this came out. That year he was, he was killing Call it. Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, uh, The Post. Yeah, The Post, he was in that. Michael Stuhlbarg, I really have not heard of him until <laughs> these movies came out. Because that yeah. year he was like, I also saw Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. He was like in everything. I was like, oh, like who is this guy? And yeah. I didn't realize he's like a very famous actor. And, I know, and he gives a very good speech <laughs> in does. Call Me By Your Name. Yes, I um, really, I really like that it's obviously like I feel like everyone you know they like that speech but it was also great for the character himself mm-hmm. the parents aren't truly like they're kind of just there in the film they they're, they're good parents they're good parents they're good yeah parents. which is you know not not everyone's good parents no especially in, especially movies. especially in LGBT films yeah there's always um like this coming out that's what most films seem to center on and this film was truly not that mm-hmm. It was just this love story. Like, there was no need to come out or to have this any kind of negative, um, like, backlash to it, which is really great because it kind of showed a different type of LGBTQ yeah. films that mm-hmm. I, like, thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good movie. Oh, what about what about our favorite scene with <laughs> the the night vision scene? Oh, my, oh my God. All right, okay. guys. Okay, oh. so this is... This is our one tea about calling by your name. So there's this like point. It's like it's the ending. I think I don't know. I think it's when they're in Rome, and Elio kind of has this like weird flashback, and it's like this this I don't like what is it? It's like night vision. It like goes Not heat vision. It's like is it heat vision? Yeah, it's like red and green, and it's a bunch of shots of Elio and Oliver. Uh, and uh, you understand. I read so many reviews of this movie, trying to find someone that mentioned this scene. Like, literally, Luca, Luca Guadagnino, what the fuck? Yeah, it's just one of those things where I remember it, but then I was like, did that really happen? And then I brought, like, I think you brought it up to me, and I was like, I was wondering the same thing. There's no just, context for it's it. It's so out of place, because the rest of the movie, as we talked about, is very natural. very natural, and it's got, like, the same color scheme. Natural lighting, that sort of thing. Yeah, and this is just, like, what is even going on? So if you, yeah, I just, please, let us know. Like, I don't, yes, that's, a, that's my one T. Like, and no one in the review said anything. I read so many. Yeah. And no one was like, damn, that weird, you know, heat vision scene. <laughs> Like what? What was what was with that? No one said that. Maybe it was like a weird thing of like, are you going to like? But they just put it in there just to fuck with us. Perhaps. And I don't think it, it was even of anything. It was just an empty rope, right? No, no, no. There was a scene of of Elio and Oliver. Oh, okay. Together. I don't um, really remember that as much, but that that scene was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird scene. Weird scene. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any uh, last words on Call Me By Your Name before we move on? Um, I hope they make a sequel. I hope Ellie and Oliver get together. They mm-hmm. truly do mm-hmm. love each other. Yeah. I, I want them to be happy. If I can't see um, uh, Fanny and Ben Wishaw from Bright Star be happy together. Someone has to be happy. Someone needs to be happy. Yeah, so so far, both of, both of our, some of our movies end in... Uh, no, Bro- Brooklyn and Brooklyn was happy. Bright Star, not so much. Call Me By Your Name has the potential in the sequel to have a happy That's ending. That's true. Um, so our next movie is a bit out there for the romance, but it's like one of Claire's favorites. Claire, mm-hmm. would you like to explain what this okay, movie yeah. is? So our next movie is Phantom Thread. Came out in 2000, 2017, also, also a period piece. And the reason I chose this... But that was this, the same year as Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. 
Okay. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. if you don't know who he is. PTA for short, so, as we like to call him. <laughs> PTA. So the reason I chose this is because it's a very... Um, when you're watching, it's from Elma's perspective, basically the whole time. And she's kind of not being treated that well by Reynolds, played by um, the wonderful Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis. Lewis. May he rest in his retirement. <laughs> and it's just this really weird relationship between the two. And Reynolds is clearly the one who holds all the power in the situation. And you almost feel bad for Elma, and you're like, why is she in this relationship? Yeah. And you don't get the payoff until the very, very end when <laughs> you figure out... Alma's been poisoning him the whole time in order to take care of him. Not the whole time. I thought it was just that one time. It was that one time, but that when he was getting sick throughout the movie. Did I not understand that? I think it was her poisoning him, wasn't it? I thought it was... No, no, she said that she got, like, really upset and she poisoned him when he got really sick at the end of the movie. And then she poisons him again when they're at the cottage. Yeah. I thought that was the only two times she poisons him. Well, at least, that's it. For poisoning someone. For, on poisoning screen poisoning, there were two, it happened twice. Two. So I feel like that's pretty significant. And you don't realize till the end that uh, they're kind of perfect for each other because it's a, you think it's Reynolds who holds all the power, but really it's the two of them. Yeah, they both. They have different power dynamics. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really have a job. The one thing I did say that's going to be like, we don't know enough about Alma. Mm-hmm. As to like why she enjoys Reynolds, like very much like a child. Yeah. Which is like the one thing I kind of I like left it, like when I ended the movie because I hadn't seen this before. Um, I was like, I kind of wish I knew a bit more about her because the mm-hmm. way she's introduced is just like at that scene in the cafe. Mm-hmm. So like we, we've already been introduced to Reynolds for a bit. Like you kind of see a little bit about his process with fashion, and then. You know, he meets her and he basically whisks her away. Like, that's kind of, he's kind of portrayed a little bit as this, like, knight in shining armor, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, I would not support this sort of relationship in real life, but I thought it was very interesting on screen. Yes. I, I, I admit that, too. I think I really liked their relationship, mostly because you see in the beginning of the movie, he has this, like, girlfriend, and the sister is like, I gotta let her go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it's a... A great line. I can't yeah. have confrontation in the morning. Um, no. And then she kind of, Alma, like, despite her very, her upbringings, whatever they are, the fact that she was a waitress in this very small town, um, is, and also she's an, she's an, she's an immigrant? She's from another country. She's not from Britain. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know where. where they mention it in the film. They're like, oh, people from her country. Like, they kind mm-hmm. of do that against her, and I was still very confused about where she's from. I don't think they explicitly say anything, mm-hmm. but the fact that she's able to stand up for herself, like, she's like, I'm waiting. There's that scene when they're having dinner, and she's like, I'm just waiting for you to break up with me. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. And she kind of takes control, which I did enjoy. Like, it's not the... She's not as meek as she appears to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of just the whole movie in general? I did also, like it. Yeah. It has a killer soundtrack. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soundtrack, very killer. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a weird mother thing going on. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't fully explained. Mm-hmm. Like, he mentions his mother, you know, helping him sew and kind of creating this bond he has to to sewing and to fashion 
and his sister kind of carries on. I thought there was going to be a, a thing between the sister and Alma. Yeah. Because I feel like in the trailer, that's kind of how it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not what happened. I'm glad I was wasn't. very. I'm very happy that didn't happen. Yeah. And she actually ends up, like, standing up for Alma. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the weird... Uh, the only thing was, like, when he's sick, he has visions of the mother. And we know that she dies fairly young, like, not, not super old. We know her wedding dress is lost and that's like kind of I guess that kind of haunts him a little bit mm-hmm. besides that I'm really unsure mm-hmm. about that part I did like it though one of my yeah. favorite scenes is in the beginning um the fireplace when they're on their first date oh yeah and the way he stares at her yeah Daniel Day-Lewis <gasps> like like not attracted to him in real life in this movie a hundred percent yeah he's very charismatic and mm-hmm. the way he stares at her you can tell that he's very much not only attracted to her but there's something more there he's like okay, like, I want to be with her. And he's very upfront. He, like, asked her to dinner. She's just, like, sure. Like, despite his age, he's kind of, like, he has, like, big, big, big dick energy. Yeah, but he kind of does. He really does. I feel like, um, Daniel day Lewis just in general, kind of big dick energy. <laughs> in general? Yeah, he's got that three like Oscars. All the, like, all the characters he ever plays. Like, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait. And uh, just going back to what we said before, it just Wikipedia just says a foreign waitress. So yeah, and she has she has a a foreign accent. Like yeah. still, I'm I'm not. We're American. We don't know European no, accents. Um. <laughs> yeah. He also talks about the mother on the first date, which I found pretty odd. I'm looking yeah. at my notes when I was mm-hmm. watching this. Yeah. Um. And I was like, that's a little weird to bring up on the first date. Mm-hmm. But also, he clearly has like an an unsolved or un what is it called unresolved um like some some sort of unresolved tension with the mother that has not i don't think will ever be resolved well i think one of the important reasons they brought up the mother is because since she was a seamstress too and they were yeah. talking about weddings a lot and how that kind of transitioned into oh i'm ne- he doesn't can never keep a partner which is that's such true. a critical He's, part of the movie which is true it's wait um, is Reynolds in this movie just like a like a low key a fuckboy? Yeah, well, yeah, he does. Yeah, he kind of is. Wait, what? Yeah. What years? What years it's supposed to be? Nineteen fifties. Okay. So is Reynolds just a nineteen fifties fuckboy? Please yeah. let us know, cause I'm kind of thinking it. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Almost that time. one girl that changes him. <laughs> Yeah, well, then we have to go into, in maybe in a uh, separate episode, uh, top five fuck boys in movies. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will. Perhaps, perhaps. Stay tuned for that. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of good ideas coming up, so just wait, just wait. Uh, I'm trying to think what else about this movie. I just, I, I like, really like it. They really don't show them physically as well. I feel like a lot of our movies, maybe besides Calling By Your Name, but even Calling By Your Name, the sex scene wasn't very explicit. Um, Calling By Your Name was definitely more explicit than, than, the, rest. than the rest that we've yeah. seen. Um, they also, like, I guess maybe because it's 1950s and he's older and she's kind of younger, yeah. the mm-hmm. way they, they touch, they really don't kiss a lot. The mm-hmm. only time I feel like I remember them kissing is after they take that dress. Yeah. So there's one part in the movie where they, he didn't really want to go to this wedding where he designed this wedding dress, but she's, like, a big, she gives him a lot of money. And I don't, I looked up on Wikipedia and it doesn't really say what happens to her. She just kind of, like, passes out. I don't know if it's because she's drunk or... Something. Oh yeah, no, she's drunk. Okay, I can't then really tell. A really big deal about. Oh, how could she be wearing my dress and acting like this? Yeah. So so no, Alma's making a big deal out of it. Yeah. She's uh, she like kind of 
gets very upset. And she's like, how can she be wearing your dress? Like, this is your creation. Mm-hmm. And she very holds it in high regards. And then he, it's the first time you hear him yell mm-hmm. in the whole movie, which I, like, was very shocked about that. Just because in the whole movie, he has a very, not calm, but very reserved demeanor. Mm-hmm. Even, like, with Alma, he's very much reserved. Like, he's soft-spoken. And this is the one time where he's like, you better get the dress off her. Yeah. And then as they're, like, leaving with the dress, he just, like, takes her in this lovely scene, and they're in front of this window, and he kisses her, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they're good together. Yeah, that's, like, one of the, like you were saying, one of the only physical moments. And I sort of think that's because the the battle and, like, the relationship between them is so intellectual. Yeah, And it's, it's such, very, like, an intellectual yeah. battle the whole time yeah, of, like, yeah. who has power over who, you know? Not that who has power, but, like, the whole, th- a lot of the battles also, like, do you, are you, do you still like me? Yeah. Like, that was a big thing, too, when they go off and they, they get, he gets sick and then um, he decides to marry her. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of start doing coupley things. They go to dinners and she's talking with other men. Yeah. And there's that whole thing where that woman kind of tries to make him jealous. And she goes to, like, the New Year's Eve party and it's also, like, like, at that point, you were like, are they still going to be together? Yeah. Because you're like, maybe this marriage thing obviously was kind of like a spur of the moment sort of thing. Or what about that one breakfast scene where she's uh, putting butter on her toast <laughs> oh too loudly? Oh, my Yeah, yeah. That's that was hilarious. A, that was a great scene. There's not much humor in this film. That was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> or where she, like, um, where the first time she takes care of him, she tries to bring him tea and he's much better. And she's like, I didn't ask for tea. And then she leaves, and she's like, okay, fine, like, I'll take away the tea. And she's, he's, he's like, no, like, like the tea is away, but the distraction stays. And oh. I'm like, you're so petty. Oh, he really is. He's a petty man, I agree. Yeah, definitely out of all the characters we've talked about so far, the one I'd want to hang out with the least. Yeah, definitely. The one I'd want to hang out with. We can do it at the end of the film. Yeah. Characters yeah. we most want to hang out with, characters we, we don't want to hang out with. <laughs> I don't hang out with Alma though. She's she seems pretty chill. She does. Yeah. I don't know. She seems oh, she's chill, but I I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think our last film, of, of the podcast, is our I think our most. Uh, it's it's away from our other. It's different than our other four, and that it's from it's a non-human, yeah. human and non-human romance. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit before, but it's Shape of Water. Oh. Director Guillermo del Toro won Best Picture and Such Best Director, I think, good, right? Yeah, yeah. Such a really good, good. This is my favorite movie of 2017, I thought. Oh, gosh. I don't even know where to begin. Um, Let's start with the plot. Yeah. So it's about um, Elsa, and she can't talk. She was found as an orphan, like, by the river. Um and now she works at this like secret government facility in Maryland. So shout out to Maryland, real close by, close to DC. Yeah, that's where we are. If you don't know, <laughs> yes. Uh, and basically, she's a cleaning lady for the for yeah service. for the facility. And in the facility, there's this like uh, like a amphibian. Like, is that what they call it? Amphibian man. I think like we can call him Fishman. Fishman, I think that's easier. Yeah. And basically, she falls in love with this fishman. Um, and part of the reason their love story, like, they connect to each other, that they're both people that have been, um, I cannot think They're of outcasts. Yeah, they're outcasts in society. 
Um, you know, he is a fisherman <laughs> who, who is from, I think, the Amazon is what they say. Yeah, he's from the Amazon, but he needs salt water to survive, which is weird because the Amazon that- has fresh water. But that's okay. I'm not paying attention to that at all. For ignoring that, it's still a great film. Um, and she's she's kind of mute. One of her, the woman she works with is Octavia Spencer. So it's also a woman of color. One of her her friends, her kind of not roommates, but another person in the apartment, her neighbor is a gay man. Kind of, she kind of surrounds herself with these other outcasts in society. It takes place, I think, 1960s. Yeah, it's uh, 1962. Oh, close. So it takes yeah. place in the 1960s. And one of the things I do love about this movie, it's very aesthetically, like, 1960s. It's like, Guillermo del Toro was like, we're going to make it the most 1960s it's going to be. Like, the color palette, the way the cars are, and all the the scenes of kind of where they live and everything. It's very much 1960s. He kind of took it to the max, which I think worked really well for this movie. Yeah. This is very much like, everything is about is Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, The thing I love is how it's, it's supposed to be a very dark romance or a dark fairy tale. That's what he yeah. wanted to be. Because when Guillermo del Toro was little, he loved all the monster movies, but he always sympathized with the monsters and was watching um, Creature from the Black Lagoon and wanted the creature to end up with the lady in it, which doesn't happen. So I love that he just grew up and he was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the fishman fall in love with the woman. And it's a relationship that it works. Because she can't really. She doesn't, like, verbally speak. She uses sign language throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't, obviously doesn't know English. Mm-hmm. So they have that connection where they don't verbally talk, but they have, they kind of communicate in other ways, which is really cool to see. Um, it definitely, like, the first time I watched it, I was, like, like, I remember I went to go see it in theaters as well, and I was, like, I first I did not want to see this movie. I was, like, why would I want to see like a fish. I'm, I'm like, it's too weird for my really? views. <laughs> yeah, when I first when I first saw the trailer, I was like, I don't know, like, it's a fish man that falls in love with a woman. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. Eventually, like, my, my, my siblings wanted to see it, so I went went with them. And I was like, oh, it's actually much better than I thought it was going to be. And, yeah, I think it's due not only to, like, the performances, but that the love story is so strong between them. Mm-hmm. I also think we got to give a shout-out to... Um Doug Jones, who plays well, please. the fisherman. Yeah. And he's in, Doug Jones is in so much stuff, but he's always covered in, like, all these prosthetics and, like... Doug costumes. Jones, you're a beautiful fisherman. So, yeah, he does a really good job because you do need, like, emotion, and you have to be, like, very physical in that role. Yeah. Um, to, like, make this whole thing work. So, props to, props to him. Uh, Trying to think what else about Any, like, specific scenes that you really enjoy? Okay, I really like the scene where... Eliza is imagining in her head them dancing and she's like singing the whole time. Uh, do you remember that? It's vi- uh, yeah, it's black and white. Yeah, yeah that was really great. I think that scene's really good. Um, I just think the, the scene where she first sees him, um, but when he's not in the tank, when he's like outside of the tank, yeah. he like stands up and you can see like all of his gills and everything. It's just, like, such a pretty costume. Yeah, also, a uh, shout-out to Doug, Doug Jones. Your butt looks amazing in this film. Very true. You, that was a big thing, I think, when it came out. Everyone was like, like, everyone's like, the fish man? Nah. And it's like a meme. It'd be like, it's butt. And be like, okay. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's also, like, a whole, not subplot, but, like, what, what they're using the fish, fish man for and this whole Soviet um, subplot. 
Um, shout out to Michael Stuhlbarg. You play a great Russian spy yeah. in this film. Uh, and that's kind of, that's like a, I want to say, it's not the main, the main plot. It does, it does drive, I think, their romance and his need to escape, which is mm-hmm. mostly kind of what the film is. It's like, how could they be together if he's kind of enchained? Um, yeah. Also, the fact I love in the movie, um, when she's talking with Octavia Spencer and she said that they had sex. Octavia's like, how? Yeah. So it's like, like, girl talk moment where yeah. you're like, you're like, wait. And then she just kind of like, sign language is a thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, they, they, and that's the point. Like, they didn't have to show that to yeah. us. But they told us in another way, which I thought was not, not only like humorous, but also like, goes into how like, women speak about yeah, yeah, you no, know, their sex lives. The chemistry between Sally Hawkins and Octa- Octavia Spencer—they were so good. They were just so fun to watch on screen, especially when they're always kind of going up against Michael Shannon's yeah. character, who is Michael Shannon is such a good actor. But he, he always plays so, villains. Yeah, like, you notice so that evil in this. He's always like a racist or yeah. like he did that in what was it? Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. Um, he's always just kind of like I, maybe it's his face, but like. <laughs> Please cast Michael Stuhlberg as, like, a nice man. I'd like to see that. I can probably find a movie where he's in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other specific scenes that you're into? Um, I like the scene where Michael Shannon's buying a new car. I don't know why. I forget. I kind of forget why that scene was important. I think it was just to show his sort of toxic masculinity because the guy who's selling the car is like, oh, like, all the best people have this car. Like uh, Michael Shannon wants to be the best. That's true. He is. Yeah, definitely. He's kind of this, you know, archetype. Not archetype. Uh, maybe archetype of of like this kind of man that wants to be better than everyone. The guy in charge. Yeah. The guy in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like when the monster goes down to the movie theater. Yeah. Where that that shot where he you know you see him from behind, but he's watching this film, and I think it's a monster film that he's watching. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of meta, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Also, the scene where, like, the whole apartment's underwater. That yeah. was also just beautiful mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah, and the way they did that was really interesting because they had all the furniture hanging from strings, and they had a smoke machine. Oh, I didn't know that. And then I don't know how they got, like, the water effect over it. I mean, people in movies, they're, they're very impressive. Very hardworking people. Very hardworking, but a smoke machine was involved, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, just, like, another thing I really love is how it's – very much a take on Beauty and the Beast, but yes. it's a story where the Beast doesn't need to change for yeah. the Beauty to fall in love with him, and I just that's think that's true. really cute. I think that's cute too. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to change for someone to fall in love no, with you. No, you don't. If you're if you're a cute little fish man who's just like living his life, but also like, like, oh wait, we're up at the ending. Yeah. So this whole kind of so the whole end of the movie is them basically. Um, trying to put the fishman back into the water to, like, set him free. Um, they put him in salt water or ocean water? Ocean water. Oh, oh no, so I'm not, salt water or fresh water? I forgot where they did it. Oh, god. I think it's, it's the, I think it's supposed to be, like, the... It's the Chesapeake Bay. It's, yeah, it's Chesapeake it's Bay. It's probably the Chesapeake Bay. Probably. Um, I don't think they're paying too much attention to where things are happening. <laughs> um, That's okay. Um, so <laughs> they have to wait to a certain date, and they're kind of leading up to this point, and Michael Shannon is all, like, you know, he's trying to track them down, and then they get to this big kind of fight scene, and he, like, shoots the beast man. That's not beast man. What am I talking about? Fish man. 
Um, and she gets like scratched on her yeah, her neck again, even though she was as a child. And they kind of get in the water, and you don't know if they're like alive or if she yeah, becomes alive a fish. Is definitely not alive. Well, and I then- had a thing. Um, it's because if you ha- notice in the film, she has those scars on her neck. Yeah. And my dad was saying, how, like, they kind of look like gills. Yeah. So he thought that she, like, becomes, like, a fish woman oh. in the end. And, like, that's not alluded to at all. This is, like, a theory well, into no. which, At like, the end, like, he kisses her and then touches her neck and then she starts to breathe again. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't know if that's more like a... Yeah, so I think she becomes a fish woman. I'm saying oh, I'm calling oh. it. Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay. Not that, yeah. like, cause it doesn't elude the fact that she's, like, can live in the water, or that mm-hmm. if she's just, like, alive in general. Yeah. But I say she's a, I believe that she's now a fish woman, and they're living happily ever after in the ocean. Yeah, I believe that they also are living happily ever after, but the cynic in me was thinking, like, if this was to happen in real life, and, like, away <laughs> from the context of, like, Guillermo del Toro's fantasy, uh, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy letter, like, do you think... I don't know. I just feel like if I was Sally Hawkins' character, I I would get bored of just being underwater. But I think she loves him. Yeah. I hope like, so. I hope they... It's, it's like... Like, she, I don't think, was necessarily happy in her own life. Yeah. Like, she was very much... Like, she... In the beginning of the movie, it, they show this especially, where she has this very exact schedule of what she does every day. Yeah. And nothing ever changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, she wakes up. She does her stuff. She has her egg timer and masturba- masturbates. <laughs> like, she has everything down to what she needs for a tea to survive. Not necessarily mm-hmm. to enjoy life, but to survive life. Yeah. And I think at this point, like, she found someone that she enjoys, like, life with. Mm-hmm. And I think she would be happy, you know, in the water with him. Maybe not necessarily, like, maybe, like, the land was not where she was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she was she... just going back to the water Because doesn't she have that dream in the film of her whole apartment underwater? Uh, yeah, I think she does. Yeah, yeah that's so, um, that's my thought. She's meant to be in the water with her love. Yeah, the fish man. The Happily fish man. Happily ever after. And I think that's a great way to end our top five. Yeah, I, I think it is. So, hold on, before we go... Who do you think... Who's your favorite couple out of all of these? Okay, so this is really difficult. I know. Because oh they're all so different. Yeah, they're all really different. I have to admit, I am going back to John Keats and Fanny Braun. That was my answer. That's what <gasps> I was We both have the same favorite I couple? I so, yeah. Please I watch think, Bright Star. I think Someone were, please watch this yeah. movie. They were just so, so wholesome. They were think, so wholesome. I think a close second would be Brooklyn for me. That was my, that was, yeah. I was going to be between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really great. So, I feel like we should end off not only with our favorite couple, who who would we like to hang out with the most? Oh. Mine would definitely be Saoirse Ronan's character from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be such a hoot. Like, going on double dates with her and Tony? Mm-hmm. Yes. Love it. Set me up with one of Tony's brothers? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I would go for that. I think I'd want to hang out with Octavia Spencer's character and oh, yeah. Richard Jenkins' character. It's uh, oh, Giles Jenkins. And yeah, he sounds yeah. like a great, a fun companion yeah. as well. Yeah, I feel like probably us and Giles would get along for just like loving movies. Yeah, um, that's true. I would also. I feel like I, I like kind of want to hang out with Elio. But I don't know if it's like because he's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Or if it's, I feel like Elio as a character, mm-hmm. like, super awkward. Like, that's why I also really liked his performance. He's very earnest. Yeah. He's this teenager. Like, I don't know what he's going to be, like, a, as an older man. Yeah. Um, 
and he's very into arts and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily like my realm yeah. of things. I don't know if we would like be friends together, <laughs> but I feel like we can definitely like go out dancing and it'd be yeah. fun. I don't know. Yeah, Oliver and Elliot are they're just too deep for me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they're they're very like intellectual. Yeah, and yeah. D- different in the way that. Um, you know, like, Reynolds and Alma were intellectual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alma, I feel like, it would be fun. She goes to that New Year's Eve party. Yeah, no, I would hang out She'd with have her a, she, sure. she knows how to have a fun time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jim from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jim. So. Jim, that's, if you don't know, yeah. that's uh, Don Hope Gleason's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode of... What's our name? <laughs> It's um, Making Sense of Movies with Claire and Elena. Please join us for our next episode. Uh, please review, you know, leave comments, subscribe to please, our podcast. Yeah. Tell us what you thought of the one uh, night vision scene in Coldplay. Please <laughs> comment on that. Yeah. Don't know if anyone else knows about that. All right. Okay, and we'll see, see you next time. time. Signing off. Bye.